Initial reactions to Resurrection Episode 8, the Season 1 finale, entitled Torn Apart. Welcome to Resurrection Revealed. Well, well, well. Very kind of you to join us for Resurrection Revealed, the unofficial podcast and blog by fans and for fans with theories and talk all about ABC's Resurrection. This is our 18th episode, recorded live May 4th, 2014. And me, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, just flabbergasted with tonight's episode. It's going to be great. <laughs> we have lots of res heads in the chat room ready to go deeper into Torn Apart, our season one finale of this very short first season of Resurrection. And if you stuck with it for all eight episodes, I don't think you were disappointed in anything that was showcased this evening. Oh, absolutely. And with the types of cliffhangers that we got tonight, we absolutely have to get a season two because otherwise we're not going to know anything. Yeah, so we want to remind you that you can stick close to the website, resurrectionrevealed.com. As soon as a season two is announced, we will post out there on the blog to let you all know that the show is coming back. So far, things are looking good based on the development slate and also based on, right. of course, where things landed tonight because we have to have answers. So uh, you can find show notes for this episode tonight at slash 18. That's resurrectionrevealed.com slash 18. That's where we can start getting deeper with all the theories we're going to talk about tonight for our big show coming up Thursday this week. I want to start right off with a question because something popped into my mind is watching the uh, first scenes of tonight's episode where Rachel sees her body in the morgue. Wouldn't you hate to go through that and see your own body in the morgue? I would think so. I mean, especially you have to see it in front of yourself, but then you also have to see it with other people. I mean, how creepy is that too? Looking at yourself with other people in the room. Yeah. That, that, let's just hope none of us have to go through that type of scenario. Let's move it's along. Like, it's like taking a selfie in the mirror, but oh. you know, with other people in the mirror too in your photo. And yourself a couple of times. That's nah, no good. Maggie asks her mom, now that they've been formally reintroduced, she asks the question we've been wondering, why didn't you come to see me? And personally, I thought mom's answers were a little bit flimsy. Now, I assume that when Barbara was talking about Fred's past, he's, she's talking about the drinking because I was trying to, is, is, he, is he a beater? You know, is there more darkness to him than just the drinking? But I'm assuming she's referring to the drinking specifically. Yeah. And there was kind of hints of other things, but I don't know. I mean, you've been gone this long since uh, passing away. What has it been like? Uh, didn't they say it was like 30 years or something like that? 1982. You would think that after that long with Fred still being alive, that he would have, you know, grown out of those things. Of course, they may or may not rekindle old uh, romances, but. Still, I, I thought mom was a little out of line tonight on a couple scenes. But remember, she's coming off of her perspective, right? I mean, she's only been back a week. I can't believe that all eight of these episodes are basically one week's time frame from the first returned, which you know may, not, may or may not be the first returned on how we perceive the things we saw at the final scene. So the thing that's really kind of got me scratching my head is you know how the returned interact coming back immediately so like you had caleb who kind of came back and kind of reacted like nothing was going on and then of course you had rachel who reacted and came back and kind of jumped right back into where she was and then of course you now have barbara jumping right back into the fact that she left with sam so she came back to sam 
And so, you know, everybody, it, it shows that, you know, humans are still humans, right? We're selfish at the end of the day. We are going to do what's in our best interest. And I think that's kind of the theme we saw for this evening, except for maybe, you know, Henry and Lucille doing um, what they needed to do for Jacob. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead and buy into that just a little bit. I do want to know, and it might require the help of um, the res heads in the chat room or listeners uh, to this episode. Again, we want to have your feedback for the next episode. So give us a call. The number again is 904-469-7469. That's 904-469-7469. The, what I want to know about is the great scene at returned central, AKA the town church. Helen is back on the scene and somebody else is there. A young woman named, I think it was Ava. And she's apparently one of the returned. We don't really know who she is, right? Is she perhaps Helen's daughter? And that's why, Helen is raising the grandson. That's yeah. I didn't think of it that way. That's probably a really good point. I thought maybe it was a sister because the sister would have died, you know, a long time ago. And now obviously she comes back at the same age. So I was thinking sister, but yeah, maybe it is the grandson's mother. And either way, kind of like, uh, kind of like was in hinted on our interview with uh, Veronica Cartwright a couple of weeks ago that, Helen is not necessarily all that bad. And just like the uh, secretary there in the sheriff's office, now that she has one of her own friends or relatives returning, that kind of uh, tempers uh, Helen's attitude a bit. I would think so. You know, I I almost was expecting at the end when Tom brings the the Thompsons and, of course, Rachel over to the house, I was almost thinking it was going to be Helen's house at first. But then, of course, we find out that it was actually his wife, and she's not so happy that Rachel's there, but she's still a good person at the end of the day, and she's going to take care of who she needs to. It's going to get really interesting, but what's unfortunate is this is I still doesn't feel like a season finale, like we could possibly be done already for this year. I, I have a feeling I'm going to sit down in front of my TV at the same time next Sunday night expecting to see an episode. Well, I mean, it was a really abrupt you know, end. You know, we knew that they that they teased this birthmark. You know, when the Thompsons were talking to the Langstons, and that you know this boy had gone missing, and he hadn't come back with them, and so you knew right away that somebody was going to be this boy. So, of course, the first thing that runs to your head is, of course, the obvious. Well, it's J. Martin Bellamy. He's the boy, right? That's the obvious thing. But then you start to talk yourself out of the obvious, and then you're like, okay, well, maybe it was that boy that died that Omar or Omar J. Martin Bellamy was responsible for right. that we saw in episode five. So maybe he was the boy. And then of course, then you're looking for somebody with a birthmark throughout the whole <laughs> high school that completely distracts from the fact that you originally were right, that it was J. Martin Bellamy all along. And now we know why it's J. Martin Bellamy, because they were hiding his first name the whole time. Yeah. But at the same time, how do we wrap our heads around it with the, the time differences? Because they were from so long ago. And he's not very old. Well, again, we know that the returned can die a second time, maybe a third time and come back again. So in the case of, because that was the first thing we thought of is like, it can't be Marty because of the time difference. Yeah, know? exactly. But at, the same, but at the same time, you know, we also got the kind of, you know, like we all said last week, you know, Eric Ward's theory is probably not such a valid theory anymore so i'm now leading to the clone concept maybe it is indeed government run government operations someone's trying to cover something up and and then the dna 
might have the birthmark on Marty, but maybe he's really not the son or he's just a shell of the son. Are you trying to say that maybe uh, Agent Bellamy is a returned? He could be. I, I mean, I'm just trying he, to wrap my head around it. Well, he's got no prior understanding, right? Let's say he was a returned. How would he know? Maybe he returned even younger than when what Jacob was, right? Because if she was holding on to her babies, as Mrs. Thompson says, you know, maybe he was a baby at that time. And, you know, think of it like a proverbial Moses, if you will, to keep the spiritual theme going. You know, maybe he washed up in a basket somewhere and he was a baby. And if you're a baby, how are you going to know you're returned? You just go through life and move on. Mm, good point. Well, we need to see if there's any old photographs or flashbacks of J. Martin Bellamy uh, with a red tie, a red hat, a red shirt. <laughs> I'm sure at yep. some point he was wearing red. And that theory just kind of sparks another theory, which is, of course, we've only seen these people for a week, but it would assume then that if J. Martin Bellamy is a returned and that he came back and let's say he was a baby, then obviously the return can age. They don't stay exactly how they are. Well, this could make for one heck of a season two of uh, Resurrection, which I hope that uh, when we do get a season two, that by some miracle, maybe it'll be more of a spring show, you know, earlier in the spring or late winter you know, don't make us wait all the way till next March. Please. That would be a long time. <laughs> absolutely would. What, what else jumped out at you on this episode before we get to the insanity of the final five minutes? Well, yeah, the thing that was great about tonight was that nothing was, you know, like they were, they're keeping true to Jason Mott's novel. I mean, this is where the novel goes. I mean, it's this whole you know, the town versus the returned and of course the military and the government get involved and, you know, the school is actually the setting in the book. So to have them be at the high school, you know, so this tells you that they're still pulling from Jason Mott's kind of tapestry. What'll be interesting to know now is, of course, if season two is around the corner, do we stay with Arcadia or are there other towns where this is happening? My gut tells me these writers want to keep the story small, so they stay with these characters. And I think we stay in Arcadia, where, of course, Jason's book focuses on it happening all over the place. Yeah, I think that's a great point. We should definitely stick with Arcadia, at least for now, kind of like on Under the Dome. They're going to basically stay with Chester's Mill unless other domes are showing up. But as far as resurrection goes, it was interesting to see Agent Bellamy leading a jailbreak of a lot of the returned out of the schoolhouse gym when they start figuring out what's probably going to be happening. And at about the same time, Sheriff Fred is leading his own breakout, going into the jail cell there and breaking Gary free. And if you heard our interview with actor Kevin Sizemore the other day, who plays Gary on Resurrection, he kind of, uh, he didn't really drop hints of this, but he mentioned that, you know, maybe Gary can get some more uh, redemption of his own. And if you didn't hear that interview, be sure to check it out. It's fantastic. <laughs> Kevin Sizemore is such a nice guy. Resurrectionrevealed.com slash Kevin. So there's jailbreaks out of the gym, out of the jail. Any other uh, jailbreak type of activities going on in, in your site there, Troy? No, I think that th this was set up, you know, that the, the gun club, poker club concept, you know, hey, we got your back if you need us. I think the really great thing was to see, first off, that the boss lady that was helping J. Martin Bellamy, I mean, she kept her word, right? She got a, a military guy. They brought food. Everything was hunky-dory. 
You know, and then all of a sudden something changed. And I think that'll be the interesting part of season two is to find out what made the military switch on a dime. Because for the most part, the military seemed to be helping out. And then, of course, Bellamy breaks everybody out of the school. And then Sheriff Fred kind of flies off the handle a little bit and then goes after, you know, Henry and Lucille and Jacob. But something in that time frame made the military switch. And that's the big mystery. That's the big question for season two. I wonder if it's just a simple case of, you know, because, of course, we were all freaked out at the beginning. As soon as the military showed up, we were fearing for the worst when in reality, it seems like they were there just to help with uh, food and supplies. But I think it all went downhill when when Fred took, uh, who was it, Colonel somebody, Colonel Stone, I believe it was, took him to the morgue and showed him the body and explained what was really going on in this town. And I think that for whatever reason, Agent uh, Colonel Stone just took that to heart. And I think that's the impetus of what just tore everything wide open. Right. I mean, you could figure that he was looking at that. And I think maybe Colonel, I believe it was Stone, right? He said, you know, yeah, he called it in and said, there's something else going on here. We need to send reinforcements because the guns weren't out at first. It was just the locals that had the guns keeping people in the high school. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and then you see the big guns on top of the trucks. And you're like, oh, something's going to go down here. Yeah, it it was really messy. And, you know, at the same time, I know that Fred, you know, he really went off the deep end after hearing the news and everything. And it's too bad they had this basically a crisis going on because Fred, this would have been a great time for Fred to be relieved of duty for a week to get his um, head back in order. Because I do feel a bit for Fred. I mean, that was some pretty harsh news. You know, he's been holding on, waiting for his wife, you know, and trying to mourn her death. And then hoping she returns. And when she does, the first thing thing she does when she pops over is breaks up. It's like, I could see where that would set somebody off. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing that was really great tonight was the kind of camera shots. Like we talked about it last Sunday, how the camera shots moved from Jacob's hand to Rachel's hands. But there were two camera shots tonight that I thought were just very telling. And that was, of course, the camera shot of Fred when he comes to uh, the church or the high school. I can't remember which one it was. It was the church or the high school. But he comes and he gives Maggie a hug after saying, you know, I talked to Barbara. He put the wedding ring on. Yeah. So what does that symbolize? Because I figured he would be, you know, really mad. But I think this is where we start to see Fred saying, you know, I'm going to fight and I'm going to win her back somehow, some way. Because the one thing that scratched in my head then was, of course, when he's watching the uh, birth videos of Maggie, he's got the bottle in his hand. Yeah. Now, was he drinking while he was watching those videos? Or did he have the bottle attempting to take a drink? And when he put the cap on the bottle, he's saying, nope, I'm done with the bottle. I'm going to you know, wash up and be good and not drink anymore and just put it aside. What are your thoughts? I got the feeling that he was having a drink, but I don't believe they showed it. So I believe it's open to interpretation. But I did, just like you, I found it really strange that after all that time and having the conversation on the front lawn, that now he's wearing the wedding ring again. And it still fits and everything, but it. what is he trying to say? Yeah, I think he's saying, I'm going to fight for my wife or at least fight for what I thought was my marriage to make sure that that's protected somehow, some way. But then you have his daughter, who's now kind of back you know, on Bellamy's side, trying to work with him to figure out what's going on. And there was kind of that, you know, as they were parting ways, they were holding hands, and it was that slow let-go motion. I thought that was the other nice camera shot to show that there was some 
you know, general caredness between the two of them. And of course, that bond is now going to be broken because we have, you know, a giant helicopter coming down on Bellamy while we have Maggie taken away in the um, zip tie handcuffs. Yeah, I was not expecting to see Maggie and some of the regular town folk being detained because now the government can't tell who's who. So we're just going to detain everybody. And that that's going to go downhill in a big hurry. And it was interesting. And I really liked how Henry and Lucille realized that really the only safe thing to do for Jacob is to send him away with Bellamy because they know, obviously, the government and the detectives, everybody's going to descend on their house. So they send him away to keep him safe, at least for now. And Fred pops by. And then one of the big scenes that people are already calling for animated gifts of Lucille smacking her brother-in-law, Fred. Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of the two things I want from the live chat room tonight. It's like, I want to know how many tissues during the scene when basically Henry looks at Jacob. And it, it was great that it was Henry, right? Because Henry was the skeptical one the whole time about what is Jacob? He's not my son. And then he has to be the one to make that decision to say, I'm willing to let you go. You know, we were talking yeah. about a couple episodes ago how you needed to let your original Jacob go in order to kind of heal and have closure. Here, he truly has to let Jacob go, and he knows that Marty's the best chance Jacob has. I mean, just powerful. So, of course, you know, I'm just curious if anybody else had the tissues going at that point. And then, yeah, I'd send in those uh, animated gifts if you're making them. You can send them into feedback <laughs> at resurrectionrevealed.com because we will definitely post some of the better ones on the blog if you guys can send them into feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com because that was the <laughs> slap heard around Arcadia. I don't know if I really want to see an animated GIF of that, but uh, I, I think an animated GIF of a uh, cicada morphing into a uh, to a giant military helicopter that I was uh, picturing Michelle Rodriguez driving it, uh, piling it in, uh, what was that movie? Avatar? Avatar, yes, the movie that we try not to name, but... Uh, it was it was that massive of a military helicopter. And let's let's spend some time talking about this crazy final five minutes because we had a feeling that Bellamy and Jacob weren't fully going to be safe and get away. But as soon as they start talking about ice cream and they decide to pull over for a second, it went downhill in a hurry. Well, my concern when they were leaving the town was almost like their predecessor show, Once Upon a Time, when you cross the kind of town line certain things happen to certain people mm -hmm. and he was wearing that red sweater and i said okay they put the red sweater on him now that he has this red sweater on is something going to happen is he going to disappear is he going to have a seizure is he going to have some kind of connection and as they had that town you know leaving town of arcadia sign i got really nervous really quick and they certainly didn't get very far it and at first it when they showed the road i couldn't tell what it looked like it had either been washed out by a flood Something was wrong. And then we start seeing it looked like just cicadas everywhere to me. But I noticed friend in the chat room mentioned that it looked also maybe like there were acorns. Just some sort of weird spot for all of those things to be in the road. Which kind of then wonders, you know, it was this the time of the year that the cicadas would have been dropping, you know, dead, you know, you know, getting rid of their shells and everything. And I wonder if it was that time of year, given what we've kind of heard in the sounds throughout the course of this last week, or is there something causing a, like a magnetic field or some other kind of, you, you don't want to call it a dome, you know, because it's not <laughs> under the dome, but is it something like that? There's just some other, you know, external force that's causing, 
you know, wildlife to act differently than the way they would normally. Whether it's magical or something to do with the fact that, you know, obviously, at least at this point on the show, everybody that's returning is there in Arcadia. And I just think there is something mystical, magical, some sort of barrier. And even if they tried to drive over all those cicadas, I don't know if they would have succeeded because something very, very strange is encapsulating the town. And well, we have to wait maybe almost two years to almost a year to find out. It almost kind of reminds me of like uh, Egypt in the in the plagues in the Bible, you know, like the plague of frogs or the plague of um, lice and locusts. Yeah. It was almost kind of like that where there was just a ton of it all of a sudden. And I wonder if that has something to play into it as well. The, those plagues in the Bible, those were beyond belief. Those were just crazy. I would have hated uh, to have been involved in that. It, it was very visual in the way that uh, it went right into that helicopter. And of course, now... They are under uh, arrest or whatever you want to call it. And who knows what's going to happen to them now. Bellamy's going to probably be in trouble with his boss. And, of course, uh, aiding and abetting a uh, person that's been brought back to life. Or it, it could get really complicated. And, of course, we get that shot of the, uh, the birthmark, the crescent. You tie all those things together. And with that scene alone... The, the theories have got to be going crazy, and I want to hear everybody's theories because we're, we're going to put out the full show a little bit later than normal this week to allow an extra day or so for all of your thoughts and theories and feedback to come in. So either call us at area code 904-469-7469 or leave your audio comment right from your phone or on your computer at home just by going to resurrectionrevealed.com and use the uh, speak pipe widget on the right-hand side of the uh, screen there. And remember, the military might be there, but there's nothing to say that the military is doing anything wrong either. They may be there for the returns protection. Ooh, maybe they know what's going on. Could be. Hadn't thought about that. That's a nice twist. Because they, mean, I mean, they already ki- they already kidnapped the gun club kids. You know, with with uh, Gary and company there. So, <laughs> you know, maybe they're trying to do something to protect the return. Yeah, poor Gary. Well, not poor Gary, but I mean, he gets broken out of prison, and the next thing you know, he's uh, held up again. We will have to wait and see, but I think that season two is going to be a definite. I'm sure these DVR numbers are going to go through the roof this week if anybody didn't happen to catch it live. So just hang on tight. And of course, you know there was um, some you know finale stuff happening, you know across literally across the nation, and even in Arcadia. There's actually the real Arcadia, Missouri. Um, those guys in Arcadia, they had a great finale party this evening, from my understanding. Um, they, had, I believe, uh, Jason Mott and also Kevin Sizemore were on site in Arcadia. So if the guys out there in Arcadia, Missouri are listening, you know, I hope the finale was great. Keep partying. Uh, hopefully we can get some shots, obviously, in the real Arcadia for season two. That would be fantastic. And if and when we get a season two, when we find out when the filming of season two of Resurrection happens... Troy, we should we should try to find a way to maybe get in and be some extra extras and be in an episode. Wouldn't that be great if they, they would allow us to stand around all day and be an extra in an episode? Well, especially if they get to move some of the filming into Arcadia, Missouri, because that's only about you know eight hours from my place. So I could just drive on down I-55 and be there in a no time flat. Or uh, we'll see what happens. Or we could use Arcadia, California. That's only about an hour and a half away from me. And we could just... Uh, 
play that. And then, of course, go to a season two finale party back in uh, Atlanta. That would be great, too. Just throwing it out there. What is the date that you think we may actually find out yay or nay? Well, the upfronts usually are the third week in May. So that would be probably the 18th, 19th, the 20th, somewhere in that week. I would stay tuned, um, you know, look that week to see if we have a second season. My hope is that, you know, I don't think it would land in the fall. I think that if they pick up a season two, they still have to film it. They still have to shoot it. They still have to produce it and get enough episodes in the can. So it could be a winter show. You know, I really hope they don't hold it to spring, but if, if they're going to hold it to spring, then I hope at least it's more like a 16 episode season. Oh, Because yes. at least that way we can have like a, you know, like a, a solid February to May kind of run. Excellent. I could go with that. And a uh, Reshead in the uh, chat room believes that it's the 13th that we may uh, find out. So that's sooner. I just don't know why ABC couldn't do it in the middle of April. So we would know, you know, the fate of revenge and resurrection and once upon a time and and we'd know it before the finales, but uh, oh well, whatever happens, happens. And and like you said, with the DVR numbers that Resurrection is pulling in, it seems like pretty close to a sure thing because they've already ABC's canceled a lot of other shows. I mean, Sunday night is their night. They definitely should hang on to everything that happens on Sunday nights. They could have at least just put it at the end of the show. It's like Resurrection will be back in February 2015. That would have been great. And here's a quick two second clip that we just filmed. <laughs> Oh, we're getting confirmation from Neil in the chat room that the upfronts are now May 13th. Uh, they're moving it. I guess May kind of started a little earlier than normal. So May 13th would be kind of the third week of May. So because of that, ABC will be in New York May 13th in the afternoon. So that'll be when we get our definite pickups. Excellent. Erica and Neil, thank you very much for the clarification. It's a few days sooner, so we will be ready. And, uh, I'm sure that that's going to generate a little bit of buzz on the internet on that day when we find out the the good news. And don't forget season two, or sorry, season one DVD is going to be out June 10th. You can pre-order right now. You can go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash Amazon to go ahead and lock in your season one DVD so that you can, of course, rewatch all eight episodes plus all the great extras that I'm sure they'll throw on there for this first season. Yeah, we haven't heard anything official about extras just yet, but uh, there's bound to be some. And either way, it'd be a great keepsake. But what's a DVD box set, even if it's an eight-episode season, if it doesn't have some sort of extras in there? Uh, you know, commentary from the producers, anything. A season two teaser. Maybe a bonus disc full of uh, Resurrection Revealed podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we could wish. Contact us, media at resurrectionrevealed.com with try to make it happen do you have anything else tonight troy besides having your brain spinning around and around like mine is no i mean i thought it was a great twist that you know marty is going to be part of this whole thing somehow some way uh it's going to be a a couple of months for us to theorize you know what's going to be going on so i'm excited to hear what the fans are going to think this week and of course send in all their great material to 904-469-7469 or feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com Or, of course, just use the record your message button right there on the main page of the website. You know, operators are standing by. 
Again, the uh, full episode is going to be just a little bit later this week than normal. And then we'll be talking about Torn Apart with your thoughts and theories. And if you would like to keep the show alive, be sure to head on over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash support. If you'd like to help show your love by uh, donating a few bucks and uh, keep the show going, we'll invest everything back into the show to make it even better than ever. And you can even go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes if you'd like to leave us a review because those help keep the show visible for other res heads to find us. Yes. And we can thank everyone for hanging with us live tonight, talking about this great season one finale. We hope to see you later this week. Make sure you subscribe to all your friends on Facebook and Twitter. Until then, I'm Troy. And I'm Wayne. And we'll be talking to you again really soon on Resurrection Revealed. Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts that'll help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.